Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. The BMW i4 M50. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. Experience the power of over 500 horses stampeding at a whisper as BMW M-engineered handling takes you through every twist and turn. The complete suite of intuitive technology keeps you connected. The pure performance keeps your heart racing. The BMW i4 M50. Silence has never said so much. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 124 of the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com/shek. Bad news. The football season's over, everybody. I don't know if you noticed it. Caught up in the emotion, the excitement of a, of a Super Bowl on the way. I don't know if you also heard the news that uh, it's two brothers. Did you know blue tie behind the glass filling in there for black tie and also Adam Rank seated to my immediate right? I'd like to let you guys know something. John Harbaugh, head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, is the brother of 49ers head coach, Jim Harbaugh. What? That's right. That's right. So oh. get ready for that. I mean, I, they should talk about that some. That's an interesting storyline. So they're related. Yeah. And Ray Lewis, mm-hmm. the middle linebacker of the Ravens, he's playing his last game. This no Super way. Bowl, he's retiring. So these are interesting storylines that we should maybe suss out. Maybe we can come up with some other stories to talk about. But the big news, as far as I'm concerned, is sorry to be a downer, Football season's over. Super Bowl, that's a different bag altogether. And Pro Bowl, I don't count it. Neither does Aaron Rodgers, who apparently has an injury of some sort that is so bad that he's not able to go to the Pro Bowl. Oh, no, I hope he's not. all right. Yeah, listen, uh, thoughts and prayers with you, Aaron Rodgers, and all the other guys who have to miss that Pro Bowl. Um, all right, hello to the man. As I always say hello, we start the podcast. The guy who you know from NFL.com, pick sixes galore, all the jazz you do. It's Adam Rank. How are we, fella? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, boss. Sure, appreciate sure, you, sure. Push, appreciate you uh, putting me on. Yeah, of course. And uh, how did you find the games? Did you enjoy the results, what you saw there, the quality of the games, the two title games this past Sunday? It turned out pretty well. I was a little worried when the Falcons jumped out 17 to nothing, but we saw this before that this team just can't hold the lead, and it turned out to be a pretty good worried game. Worried why? You had a rooting interest or Not- because you picked the 49ers and you wanted that validation? Well, I've already I let the validation go out the window. Mm-hmm. I had picked Seattle to go to the Super Bowl when the playoffs started. I picked the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl when the season started. So True. there was really no credibility to be saved for this season. So no, it didn't indeed. Really, didn't really matter too much to me. 
didn't want to see the Falcons in just for boring storyline reasons. And I just wanted a good game. You're sitting around watching football, and there's only a couple of games on, a couple of games left. You want them to be good. You want them to be enjoyable, and that wasn't going to be enjoyable if the Falcons were going to race out and, and blow it out wide open. Yeah, I've been hammered pretty good by various fan bases for being uh, supposedly a hater of mm-hmm. the various teams. I can, can honestly I say I my, my main thought watching games now is I want good games. That's mm-hmm. that's mainly what I'm looking for out of these games. And I found at least that first game on Sunday to be a dandy. Was not surprised at all when it was 17 nothing to see the 49ers come back and uh, and get themselves back into that one and win it. Go ahead, Rank. What do you I was going to gonna say? say, if I could point out that if you think that I hate your favorite team, mm-hmm. you're right. Ah, well, good for you, a man who uh, stands for something in this yes. world. I admire that. So, all right, it's the Ravens, it's the 49ers, and uh, here in Studio 66 right now, Rank is here to break it down. And uh, joining us as well, two of our favorites from 2012, the 2012 Shecky Award winner for Best Newcomer on the podcast and his mate, it's <laughs> Mr. Fancy Pants, Mark Sessler, and Dan Hanzoos, and guess what, fellas? We ring in, yeah, football season's over, but we can start a new era, an era that now includes theme music for the Around the League wow. Debate Club, fellas. Okay. For you and your fan base, the Flames, hit it, Dick Banks. Hanzoos and Mr. Fancy Pants. The Flames need NFL news, and here's their chance. It's ATL around the league. Light a flame, boys. Pigskin's hot tonight. Burn, baby, burn. Wow. I thought that was powerful. Step aside, David Lee Roth. I thought that that the spoken word stuff at the end was sizzling, I think. Let's get your reactions. I'll start with you, Hanzoos. Well, my first feeling is that, well, thank you very much. It's an honor to have Dick Banks um, immortalize us in that sense. Mm Um, the whole Flames thing, we still never signed off on it, mm-hmm. but it appears like it's been taken out yeah, of our hands. Yeah, it's too late now, I feel like. And it's uh, certainly now there's a song. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was Diamond David for us, so that was cool to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot tonight. Did you hear about that? <laughs> what do you think, Mr. Fancy Pants, Mark Sessler? Well, I mean, you know, on a couple of levels, I have some questions. It's solid work. And, again, I guess I just have to appreciate the fact that we – have a theme song. All right. We have much to discuss um, around the league. First of all, Dan Hanzoos, you have a piece of uh, the quarterback performance, uh, the Kaepernick versus Flacco showdown there. This is one of the things I want to discuss amongst ourselves right now. And uh, I have many questions. I wrote down a bunch of questions for you um, in the aftermath of this. I want to specifically get into the Falcons and Patriots. There will be a lot of time to talk Ravens and Niners. We'll do that as well. But before that's, but before we turn the page from their respective seasons, let's yap about them. Before all that, though, Hanzoos. Yes. You go on the Twitter sometimes, at Dan Hanzoos. I do. Now, I noticed you got into a little feud with a celebrity last week. Talk about it. Yeah, one Mr. One, well, one of the Wayans brothers. One of the Wayans, but there are so many of them. So at first, you're not even sure if it's actually someone from the family or just a guy named Wayans. But um, Robert Griffin III, who I'm a huge fan of, um, he had sent out a tweet last week uh, referencing this new movie, A Haunted House, and saying how it was, you know, very funny. And him and P.R. Garçon were laughing. And then he capped it with, 
you know, you did it again, Marlon Wayans or something mm-hmm. like that. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was at Marlon Wayans. So <clears throat> he did. And by the way, this Marlon Wayans is the Wayans brother who has participated in other gems. Like, didn't he do white chicks? Is that what it was called? I think he he was one of the white chicks. Is that what that one? And, and he was also a baby in another one. He was shrunken <laughs> down to be a baby. <laughs> He's got more Yikes. range than Meryl Streep. Um, but yeah, he did a lot of. Uh, I think he was the uh, behind a lot of those scary movies. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, you know, in retrospect, kind of a jerk move. But because I was a little disappointed in RG3's taste in comedies, mm-hmm. I just basically retweeted RG3's message and then put in front of it "sigh." Period. S i g h. Like sigh. Like uh, ah. uh, I wish it would have disappointed. A little disappointed. Yeah. Um, a couple hours later, I'm, I'm sitting on my couch watching TV with the wife. And, uh, you know, I check out my mentions because um, I'm an egomaniac. And there it is. Marlon Wayans coming right back at me. Okay. Hard, too. Hard. Dropping like, the daisy cutter on you. He doesn't he, – he's not playing around. You went – you brought a, a knife to a gunfight. Exactly. He came back at me. I can't – and we talked about it in the ATL Debate Club. I can't exactly on air right now say what was written to me. If you are of age, please go to Twitter and check it out. But basically he was asking – for my email address so he could send me something, which hmm. I can't take it further than that. But it was very crude. Hmm. And, you know, for someone that, you know, tries to present himself as a, you know, high-minded comedy genius, eh, it was a little weak. It wasn't the greatest comeback. Well, in defense of Marlon Wayans, I don't know that he's ever tried to prevent, present himself as high-minded. <laughs> yeah, what do you Doing white face is probably not uh, – he probably doesn't uh, – right. Think himself doing uh, something. And, uh, he's yeah. not George Carlin. Let's say that. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm by no means like a comedy snob. My favorite movies. A lot of my favorite comedies are spoofs. Like Naked Gun is probably my favorite comedy ever. Mm-hmm. You know, even uh, you know Hot Shots. I think that's you know if it's done well, these are good spoofs are funny. But you know, it's, come on, you're hat, you're not. Bro. But you're I mean, not putting more. You're not wait, putting Hot Shots in your top five you, or ten funniest. I'm movies, putting in like you? top one hundred, maybe. Right. Did you just acu- did you just accuse him of being hack? Yeah. After you retweeted something with the shy, oh, the typical on. internet <laughs> hacky deep move of all. Have you seen? Have you I guess seen, that puts me on equal ground with Marlon Wayans. Have you seen a haunted house? I haven't, so maybe this is all unfair. So but. it's kind of a, a hackneyed response by you of judging a movie you've never seen, but because the internet's <laughs> deemed it to be unfunny, you thought I'm, I'm starting to side with Marlin. Well, it, if Hans is right, if, if, if in fact he did again what he's done in White Chicks and uh, in the Scary Baby movie, movie uh, yeah. then. Then I'm I like it. Rank assumes that this guy made a, ca- a comic masterpiece, and I was wrong to judge that it's probably a pile of garbage. And let's face it, let's. All know. right, let's talk football now, fella. <laughs> so, uh, like I say, on uh, you know at NFL.com around the league, you can find Hanzus's piece comparing Kaepernick and Flacco, who has the edge there. But like I say, now let's talk about the losers of this game. First of all, Mark Sessler, if you're the Falcons, do you feel okay? Good or great about Matt Ryan as your quarterback in 2013 and beyond? I feel good about him as my quarterback. I mean, he's his record, the thing is, he's one of these guys, the, on paper, he looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Why would you ever question him? I'll tell, well, I have an answer for well, that. You paper, rhetorically throw that out, but I will tell you the problem with him. In the second half of the biggest game of his life, Dynamite in the first half, helped out a little bit by Julio Jones and uh, and Roddy White. Those are the pass catchers that they have. Terrific ones. In the second half, though, 
when the pressure really started the mount against the Falcons and they were in a ball game, he threw the pick, Roddy White slips, you can forgive that, but that fumble on the on the when he goes back into the shotgun was bizarre. I mean, I I've, I've never seen yeah. it. I I don't know that I've ever seen the equivalent of that. He just ran, the ball is delivered right where it should be. It didn't seem like it had too much pace on it or he just flat out dropped the ball in a big moment and people will apologize and say for for that for the two turnovers in the third quarter by Ryan by saying, well, listen, the the Niners didn't turn those into points. Yeah, but on the other hand, the Falcons were on the Niners' side of the field. Let's say they get at least six points out of those two drives. Maybe even if they get seven out of one of those two drives, it's a completely different game. In fact, maybe even the Falcons win it. That's the problem with Matt Ryan. So you have no problems with what you see. You think he's still in store for possible Super Bowl victories. Well, no, because I have a big problem with the Falcons. As a team, and I feel like I'm not sure what the fix is to be honest, because it's like you go 13 and three, nobody's scared of you. I mean, nothing about the Falcons generated any conversation among us. You don't expect them to go to the Super Bowl. You you felt like the 49ers were going to win. What they did in the first half was almost surprising, but it wasn't surprising to see San Francisco come roaring back. But I don't put that all on Ryan. That's all. I think that Ryan is still a young quarterback, and I take him over. You know, 20 others in the league, 25. Rank, how say you? Does Matt Ryan play defense? No, listen, I understand. I I understand it's an incomplete argument, but we always talk about the QBs. (laughs) I'm going to bring out, I'm going to trot out every one of the arguments that people bring up for Peyton Manning to excuse his poor play. Because Peyton Manning always gets excused for anything that he does. Matt Ryan uh, evidently is the worst quarterback in the NFL if he makes one mistake. But I I feel better about – if I'm a Falcons fan, I feel better about the Falcons in that Matt Ryan did show that he could come back and lead his team to a victory after what happened against Seattle, which was inexcusable. But I agree with Mark that there has to be something about the culture there because something's amiss. They they just don't have a killer instinct. And I look at Mike Smith on the sideline, and if you're watching a game, you don't look like – you don't watch it and you think, you know what? Mike Smith's going to find a way to lead this team to victory. Yeah, well, he's obviously made mistakes in game management. That's uh, He's not in the minority there among NFL head coaches. It's remarkable how bad they are at situational decision-making uh, as a collective group. The other thing about Matt Ryan, though, I'm, I, you know, listen, I understand you're not going to – I don't want to get too doom and gloom for, for Falcons people, but the fact is that – Matt Ryan, when they get when it's seventeen nothing, everything's going great. Then the Niners put that drive together. They, you know, they they physically just sort of beat up that defense. They they get back to running the ball seventeen seven. Now the Falcons get the ball, and I thought it was telling in a short possession. I think they make one first down there, but in a very short series, he threw three balls all uh, that that could have been picked off. I think when you know you, he starts feeling it. I think he has. I think he gets a, a little tight around the throat area. Hanzoos, how say you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, he had the two bad turnovers in that game, and he had a he had a tur- uh, interception against the Seahawks. I mean, on balance, his numbers are great, and I don't think he's the reason why they're not getting to the Super Bowl. But I agree with Mark in the sense that it just feels like this Falcons team is hitting a glass ceiling of some kind, and I don't know if they're going to make the leap with the team as presently constituted. Rank, let's talk about uh, – we'll jump around between the two games and the four teams. Let's talk about the Patriots, mm-hmm. their legacy now, eight years. Patriots fans don't want to hear about it. If you say boo on social media, they will hammer you. 
And, uh, you know, listen, Tori Smith has found that out. And uh, Brendan Ayabindejo found that out. And Dave Damashek has found that out. But facts are facts. No Super Bowl rings in eight years. Bad defense does not come up big. And Tom Brady is very mortal in these playoffs. What do you think? Oh, first of all, this dynasty talk. Was this the di- well, so is the dynasty? No, is this the end of the dynasty? No, that ended back in aught five. I went, what low expectations do we have in the 21st century of a, of what defines a dynasty when you haven't won in eight years? Well, they, they, they could have they could have gone undefeated if it weren't for David Tyree. Yeah, well, David Tyree did catch a pass, and so they didn't go undefeated. If you don't win Super Bowls, you do not uh, you do not get to call yourselves. A dynasty, true or false, what do you make of this Patriots team? But they've won three Super Bowls. Fine, that was a long time ago. I'm not taking away. They're a great team. But when you look back at the history books and you're going to look at Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's era, you're going to say three Super Bowl wins, five AFC titles now. Great run. Great run. They're they're the best of their era. But when you start comparing them against the all-time teams, against the 49ers of the 80s, Packers of the 60s, Steelers of the 70s. Yeah, I noticed I noticed you had some comments uh, on NFL.com about that, and you omitted the 70s Steelers, which is empirically the best dynasty <laughs> of all time. Not better than the 49ers. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, yeah. if you want to have that debate, let's have it. I'll Let me just say quickly to you about that. The 70s Steelers are the greatest dynasty of all time because if I say to you, put together your list of the 10 to 15 greatest NFL teams of all time, Here's who would be on it, among others. Yes, the early 90s Cowboys would be on there. Mm-hmm. Those 80s 49ers would be on there. The the Patriots of the 21st century, the early 21st century, and the Packers of the 60s. And you know who else would be? The Cowboys of the 70s, the Raiders of the 70s, the Dolphins of the 70s. You might even be able to cobble together an argument for the <laughs> Vikings of the 70s. And who still was head and shoulders above them all? In a Titanic oh, era, boy. you had one team that was best. All <laughs> wait right, a minute. I, wait a minute. That's, wait a that's, what that's about, not unreasonable. Uh, what about the NFC of the 80s? That was a great great run for them when they were winning the Super Bowls every year. They had the the Giants of the 80s, the Redskins, the Bears. There was a lot of great teams in the 80s as well that the 49ers were beating. All right. And what they do? They won three Super Bowls. They won four. Oh, right. True that. All right, listen, we'll, we'll continue this conversation, Rank. We're going to let you, Hanzoos, and you, Fancy Pants Sessler, go get out of Studio 66. I don't like where – I could feel your energy – and it was not going to agree with me, and I don't want any part of that. <laughs> and besides, we have a special guest on the line. I'm not going to okay. sit in Studio 66 and listen to, to be ganged up on by the three of you. I won't do it. It's three of us. And so, well, that's right. You were going to gang up on me. You were going to disagree with me, weren't you? Never. All right. We'll, we'll, ha- we'll continue this, and we'll get into all the other stuff. But let's talk about it specifically from a Ravens point of view, from one of their biggest fans, a guy who has a radio show, or at least uh, appears on the radio every Thursday in Baltimore, Cullen Little. What's happening, Cullen? Not much. How are you? I'm doing great, man, but I'm not doing as well as you because your team's in the Super Bowl. First of all, congratulations. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, you must be pretty excited there. This is your – so are you 11 or you're 12? I'm 12. 12 years of age, which makes you what, a sixth grader? Sixth grader, exactly. Sixth grader, and in other words, this is the first Super Bowl your team's ever been in in your lifetime, right? Actually, yeah. They won the Super Bowl the year I was born, but I didn't get to see it exactly. You don't yeah. remember any of that? No, not at all. 
Yeah, probably not. I don't remember the Steelers' first two Super Bowls. And yeah, that's right. I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so right out of the gate, you and I are sworn enemies. But I understand that the guy seated next to me is a hero of yours. It's Adam Rank on the line. Is this true, Cullen? Yeah, it is. I watch his show before Red Zone every Sunday. Oh, thanks for thanks for that. I and appreciate it. And he's your it. favorite one? Yes, definitely. I love this guy. <laughs> what is it about Adam Rank that appeals to you? It's his advice? He's better than the other guys on the show? Actually, he just has my favorite segment where he sets other guys' lineups. That's my favorite part. Oh, yeah, the set my lineup. Have we? You know what? I think next year we got to set your lineup. we got to make sure we get you in there, set your lineup, and set you on the right way. <laughs> that would be awesome. Hey, Cullen, well, is it a good idea to put Joe Flacco in your starting lineup in 2013 in fantasy? Uh, in my opinion, no. He's too inconsistent. Ah, I like, like this. Yeah. That's good. I like this, that he's not just blind to to this exciting run that his team is on there. Um, but wait, do you think, ahead. though, that he's become, like, fantasy aside, as an NFL quarterback, do you feel he's starting to become an elite signal caller? I mean, it's tough to tell, but he's definitely come through with some big plays, you know. Coming back from being down at halftime against, you know, Tom Brady and the Patriots, it's huge. When he threw those two touchdowns, Santa Juan Bolden, I mean, he looked he looked amazing last week. So, but it's tough to say. It's only a couple weeks. And also, rank I, he's in sixth grade. Maybe they haven't even gotten to the adjective yet in vocabulary class. Elite. I don't still even know what elite means when it comes to NFL quarterbacks. Do you have any sense of this now? Is is Joe Flacco better than Tom Brady? What are we What do we make of what we've seen here? He just beat Peyton Manning on the road, and then Brady. So where does Flacco rank for you among all the QBs in the league? You know, he's up there. He's on my home team, so I like him, but I don't love him. I'd say he's, you know, 9 or 10. There are some quarterbacks he might not think would be above him, but they are on my list. Oh, I'd say he's tough but fair. Tough but fair. Well, also on tough but fair, you know, Cullen is on the radio in Baltimore every Thursday. He gives out his picks. Now, I've noticed a trend. You pick the Broncos to beat the Ravens in the in the opening round. And then you had, or excuse me, you had the Texans to beat the Ravens, then the Broncos to beat the Ravens, and then the Patriots to beat the Ravens. Are you going to go with the 49ers over the Ravens? I definitely am. Not only because I want to keep my my Ravens winning streak alive, but because I honestly think the 49ers are a better football team. They have so many threats offensively as well as defensively. You know, like Vernon Davis, you can't stop him. He's a monster. There's not a single linebacker in this entire league who can cover him. On the defensive side of the ball, Patrick Willis is like a younger Ray Lewis. He shuts down the run game completely. It's really it's really hard to stop them. Rank, I have bad news. You're fired. <laughs> Cullen, you're hired. Get out here soon. <laughs> Go fill in. Maybe no one will notice. Maybe you can take care of the rest of the sixth grade for Cullen, and then we'll talk after this, the, uh, sure. the, the uh, school year ends. All right, let's talk about this then, Cullen. Joe Flacco versus Colin Kaepernick. Choose one to be your quarterback for one big game? For one big game. You know, unfortunately, but honestly, I have to go with Colin Kaepernick. Mm. His ability to run and throw, he just adds an entire another element that the defense has to worry about. Joe Flacco doesn't have that ability. He's strictly a pocket passer. This week, last week against the Patriots, was the first time I've ever seen him run for a first down, and he did. He looked great. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick has run for more than 100 yards, you know, and a touchdown 
in a game. He's just unstoppable, in my opinion. He also has the arm to to make big plays through the air when he needs it to. So, despite the fact he doesn't have as much experience as Joe Flacco, in my opinion, he's looked a lot more consistent. Could you beat Joe Flacco in a foot race? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> it sounds like you're calling him out a little bit, though. He's a, he's a good athlete. Yeah, not as good as Colin Kaepernick, but, yeah, he's a good athlete. All right, next question. Jermaine to our rivalry, Cullen. I'm a Steeler guy, like I say, Joe Flacco or Ben Roethlisberger. Choose one quarterback. Well, right now, Joe Flacco, only because. No, that, know, I'm sorry. Honestly, I'm sorry. Let me interrupt you. That's the wrong answer. You didn't get that one right. I'm sorry. Do I get my job back? <laughs> it's it's now on the table. <laughs> let's see how let's see how he justifies this. Continue, yeah. Cullen. Well, I I picked Joe Flacco only because Ben Roethlisberger, in my opinion, is past his high point. You know, he's over the peak. He's going down. He got hurt. Who knows how he's going to come back next season. Joe Flacco, in my opinion, is about to hit his peak. He's rising. He's playing really well right now. If Ben Roethlisberger hadn't gotten injured, I might consider him just because he has the ability to extend plays. He finds players that you don't even see downfield. But right now, I think that Joe Flacco has been performing a tad better. I don't care for that opinion. How dare you say that one guy's not reached his peak yet and the other one has passed his peak I feel like you're talking about you versus me and Rank here. That's how, I, that, I can read between the lines, Cullen. You're not going to outsmart me today. Certainly not. No. No, indeed. He's I'm... right about that, though. <laughs> I hope I hope he's not right about that. So are, are shouldn't you be at school right now? I should be. Actually, I did skip out of class. I'm skipping first 10 or 15 minutes of history class. <laughs> See, I like, you know your football history. That's more important than U.S. history. <laughs> he reminds me of a young me, and skipping class reminds me of a young me. <laughs> You're skipping out of class? I am, yeah, unfortunately. I should but feel what, bad about that, but I don't. I feel I great encourage about it. it. You know, yeah. I, yeah, Rank, you were a, a slacker in school, so yeah. was I. It didn't hurt us, I guess. No, 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 we got there. <laughs> I like, what is, uh, well, boy, what's the celebrity status like? As a sixth grader or somebody who's on the radio, you got to be pretty popular around the halls. <laughs> I mean, not, not all my friends know about it, but I guess you could say that. Wow, so humble. I, I, know, I think I I'd know. lead with that among my friends. Hey, you're going to history class? Hey, take some good notes for me. I'm going on the radio. I got to go talk NFL football right now. I think you know that, Adam Rank from from NFL <laughs> Fantasy Live. Yeah, I'm going to go talk to him, everybody. Hey, Cullen, if you can, if you're a Ravens fan, what's the one jersey you can only own? One Ravens jersey. What's the best one to own? The best one to own. You're going to laugh at this, but right now, Samari Roll. I still remember him as a cornerback. Most people forgot about him, but I liked him so much when he played. I, I can't forget about him. Samari, roll is your choice. That's a, that's an interesting one. And yeah. are you also – You have plenty to choose from because nobody else is buying that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll have it in all sizes. You can get one for the present. You can get one for seventh grade and get one for when you're an adult. So um, so, uh, so U.S. history, that's fine. It's not really going to come up much in your broadcasting career. I assume that that's your goal, right, is, it, is that you want to do this for a living. I mean, yeah, I'd love to do this, but – Personally, I prefer and I more see myself as someone actually on the field, you know, offensive or defensive coordinator, only because mm. I think I understand the game well and I see the I see the game. This is fun too, though. Yeah. Oh, you, so so higher ambition, not yapping about it, but actually making it so, Xing and Oing it up. Do you play football? I do. 
What position? I play running back. I would have. Uh, I probably would have been a quarterback myself, but uh, my mom wouldn't let me play. <laughs> she was afraid something would happen to me. So, I, I, but I would have been great though. So, are, and are you pretty good? That when when you as the coach looks at film of you as the player, are you impressed? Um, you know, it's hard for me to say considering I didn't start this year because I'm a sixth grader and you can't start in middle school football until you're at least a seventh grader. But it was my first year playing, so you know. I'd have to look at some film. <laughs> what do you think about uh, what about the quality of the uniforms? You like purple jerseys with black hats? What do you think of those? I like them, but I like all black more. It's, mm-hmm. I've always liked them. I know, I know we retired it because we thought it was bad luck, but the Ravens need to wear all black in important situations, in my opinion. I'd like to see all black, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. No, yeah, they're not going to show up at the Super Bowl with that. And um, what do you think, though, about uh, Are you? does this make you, um, since you're in school, do they teach a lot of Edgar Allan Poe in Baltimore schools? <laughs> not really, not really. You don't do you, do you think it would come up, especially with the lead-up to, to the Super Bowl here? Yeah, maybe. Maybe if I'm older, but yeah, no, not as much Edgar Allan Poe. Lay it on me, then. Final uh, final score for this Super Bowl, your Ravens against the San Francisco 49ers. Rank wants you to keep your streak alive by picking against them. Let's see what uh, what you have here. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to. I like the 49ers 27-24 just because they're going to put enough points on the board that we're going to have to have a insane game offensively to keep up with them. Colin Kaepernick's going to run for a couple touchdowns, throw for a couple. And their defense, Patrick Willis, like I mentioned earlier, is not going to let us run anywhere. It's going to be on Joe Flacco's shoulders to make big plays. And I just don't see it happening under as much pressure as he's going to be under. What does Joe Flacco have to do to impress you? He, you're giving him a hard time here. <laughs> he hasn't peaked yet, Rank. <laughs> but if he wins the Super Bowl, will he, will he change your opinion of him? Um... I, I might consider it, you know. I'd love him to win the Super Bowl for us. Don't get me wrong. I love the Ravens. But for some reason, he's never stuck in my mind as the guy who's going to take us all the way as a franchise. But didn't you get that impression going up against the Broncos and against the Patriots? And he went out and he proved you wrong twice. He did. That's, that's definitely true. He did. So, like I said, I might consider it once I see how he plays. <laughs> Uh, what about, uh, so you're just, so it's history class. I assume lunchtime has already come and gone today? Yes, unfortunately it has. What's, uh, what's your favorite kind of lunch meat to have? Um, my favorite lunch meat is ham, I guess. Nah. Now ham is, listen, I like ham in the morning, but I don't like ham as a sandwich. Try a nice salami. Have you had Salami? Yeah. You might give that a, a, a go around. Maybe even a roast beef. Maybe, maybe yeah. I'll try that actually tomorrow. All right, well then, and are you you are you past the days of a lunchbox? Are you now a brown paper bag guy? Actually, the Calvert provides lunch. They make it. They make they make lunch for you. You don't bring it in here. Oh wow! wow fancy. Well, way, well, well. Excuse me, sir. There. I didn't know how Ooh. it was in Baltimore. Good for you. <laughs> I had the lunchables and was happy with it. <laughs> in Pittsburgh, we were a lunch pail town. We brought our own food, or we didn't eat. Excuse me. I didn't know life was so good in uh, in Maryland there. Good for you. Here's what I say. You're about to enter the phase where regular math ends. You know, like the – what are you on, like long division now? Are you past that? I'm on pre-algebra right now. 
That's where it starts getting to be unnecessary. I'm going to say that this is a controversial stance. Your parents may not like it. The Baltimore school system may not like it. But I'm here to tell you, I've been down that road. There's nothing good that comes from it. Algebra, geometry, calculus, what good comes of it, Rank? Anything? Yes, but I don't think I'm allowed to say here. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're what you're saying. I, th- I that- think I think he should be taught passer rating. This is your hero, right? I mean, this is this is <laughs> this is a disciple of yours, Rank. Don't you have some some pearls of wisdom for Cullen? Yes, ignore math class. No, I'm not going to say that. How's how's your writing? You 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 paying attention in English and all that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite subject? Uh, my favorite subject is math, actually. Oh well. So way to go, Dave. Well, look, <laughs> I to ruin his dream. You know what? I'm not ruining any dream. He and I are opposites every way. He thinks he thinks the the black uniforms on the Ravens are good. I think they're junk. I think Roethlisberger's number one, and Flacco is number two. I think that the I, I think that a, a man brings a salami sandwich doesn't eat what they what what they hand over to him. So we're you know he can have his math, and I'll have my. Uh, I'll have my English class. You're, you're one and two against him. <laughs> That's true. All right, Rank. Do you now listen? What do you have to say to the to to the guy or Cullen? Do you have anything you'd like to ask your hero, Rank, here, fantasy wise or otherwise? I'm gonna let him go first. Are you gonna? I, I want to do a fantasy league with you next year. Yeah. Would you be Would you be available to that to be in one of the Rank Amateur leagues? Absolutely, I would. <laughs> Right, I want to go up against them too. We'll, I w- get, we'll get maybe we'll get Fabiano to do it. We'll get you. We'll get all the fantasy guys. Yeah, let's make a point to get Cullen into one of our expert leagues for sure. Okay. The only stipulation I'll make, Cullen, is that you have to take Joe Flacco and I get Ben Roethlisberger, and everything else will fall as it falls. But that's the only rule. Is that cool, Rank? Cool with me. You good with that, Cullen? That's fine, but just to let you know, I'm going to be picking another quarterback second round. (laughs) Oh, you don't have to take him in the first round. We wouldn't handicap you like that. Cullen, I'll leave you with this. Your guy, Ray Lewis, is leaving. He's going to go the way of Samari Roll. Do you have any emotions about that? Is it the end of an era in your head? You've never watched the Ravens play. Well, I guess nobody's ever watched the Ravens play without Ray Lewis. So what's it going to be like for 52 not to come out there next year? Well, it's going to be different. We're not going to be on as much of an emotional high. You know, just just seeing Ray Lewis cry during the national anthem tells the other teams they do not want to go on the field. So it's going to be different, certainly, but I think we've got plenty of younger guys who can step it up. Not Not to his level, but... You know, can fill the gap at least. All right, Cullen. I don't want to. I don't want uh, chi- child protective services calling us and blaming us. What's for, your next class? Yeah, for you missing w- any more school study hall. Study hall. Oh, this is more important than study hall. Good stuff, Cullen. Obviously, uh, you don't need me to tell you. You know what you're talking about. And uh, like I say, good luck in that Super Bowl and uh, and uh, best wishes in 2013. We'll look forward to yapping with you during the draft. Our fantasy draft, I mean, in August, oh, uh, yeah. if not before. We'd love to see you down in New Orleans. And go tell your study hall. I was on with Dave Damashek and Adam Rankin after you explain who we are, accept your congratulations. No, they'll say, oh, I was on with Adam Rankin, some other <laughs> schnook. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Sure thing, Cullen. Thanks, Have a Cullen. good time, man. There Thank he goes. Back off to school, Cullen Little. I'll tell you. I, I feel we helped society a little bit today. How so? In in, in engaging young minds like that. 
We're just making the uh, uh, America a better place. Or did he humiliate us with his uh, more articulate points of view on <laughs> on uh, on our chosen well, profession? That, that happened too. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you could look at it that way. See, I'm more glass half empty than you. <laughs> All right. So he's out the door. Best wishes, I guess, to him. I don't want to. Was I mean, Rank? You yeah. weren't mean to him. Good, good, good. You got to listen. Keep- he needs his comeuppance. He, he needs to understand where the Ravens. <laughs> Stand in AFC North lore. He it, pretty much held his own against you. I wouldn't. I don't think he's hanging. I'm not his, patting myself on the back. That's he's, for sure. He's not hanging his head as he's going to study hall. I do. All right. So in Studio 66 now, joining us from England now. He's a Dolphins fan and a pretzel hater, <laughs> and he just celebrated his birthday. It's handsome Hank. Hello, handsome, and happy birthday. Thank you, Dave. That's very kind of you. To, sure. To happy birthday, Hank. Thank you, Adam, as well. Oh, okay, now you'll respond. A pleasure to see you. I don't know what that's about. I, I, I sent him a, a note on Twitter. Oh. What, I can't reply, you? Adam. You I understand? can't reply to all the fans. <laughs> it's too difficult, you know. You also understand, sure. Rank. I've noticed on some of your tweets, yes. you know, it's it's not a an opportunity for you to have individual correspondence, the Twitter. You know, other people are looking at what you read there. Not if you go to my page. You it's... could text them. They have the, you could just make a proper phone call to them. You could maybe get them a greeting card. Twitter's the one walked. place. Sorry that I. Sorry that responding to the fans really irks you. I'll, I'll <laughs> responding cut it down. to the fans. I'm talking, sending out personal notes and expecting handsome Hank in a public forum to be going back and forth with you. Oh, thank you, Adam. I hope. Uh, what, what are you doing with your morning? What's he supposed to say? <laughs> and that's when I would be like, dude, text me. <laughs> <laughs> so the the young whippersnapper from Baltimore just kind of sort of gave us what for there, handsome. Right. I didn't. I didn't hear it. But he. So he. He um, commentates on games, does he? Is that his, that's his thing? Yes, and uh, and with uh, a fair amount of knowledge right. based on what do, he just I, dropped I on. used to do the same thing. Me and a friend um, in the UK back when I was about 11 or 12, so probably around his age, would um, we would uh, record games on, on Betamax or VHS eventually. Betamax? <laughs> Beta, sorry, Betamax. <laughs> um, and uh, and then we would, we, would, uh, we would watch them, obviously, and then we would rewind them sound down mm-hmm. and we will provide our own analysis how excellent That's do you awesome. have any of those tapes right there. well we never recorded ourselves doing it so oh. so I, well actually you know what we may have done one time that's but, only, I, but not with a video, only with sound. It's one of the great regrets that I, uh, my cousin Mitchell and I would uh, would do st- uh, stuff like that. We would right. just do radio shows in general, and we would do little, uh, we would do skits and stuff. And and I wish I had one of those tapes. Yeah. My, I'm sure it would be uh, funny to listen to. All right, listen. We were talking with the around the league guys. We were going through. The, cha- uh, the two championship games, getting into the Falcons and Patriots before we get too far away from that. Obviously, we'll have a chance to, to kibitz more about the two teams in the Super Bowl. But let's pick up where we left off. And also, let's say a proper hello to the person behind the glass. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, Black Tie, 
off at the Pro Bowl, a well-earned break for the <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's only taken three. He's only had th- three vacations during the football season. <laughs> now he's in Hawaii for the week. So filling his chair more than capably, a fan favorite, the only female to ever produce the show, it's Blue Tie. How are you, Blue Tie? I'm good. I still have a lot of beef with you for Why? not including me in the Shecky Awards. Letting me at least state my case for producer of the year. Uh-huh. I didn't even know about it. Well, you know, I filibustered for that, though. You know, and I hope you appreciate that my hands were kind of tied. If I don't give it the black tie, he'll be so wounded. You know, I don't want to deal with that. I think you need to. You know how they do. They have, like, the fans' choice. Yeah. You vote mm-hmm. during the show. You should have let that happen. I want to hear the fans' I'm more speak. than happy to open it up and. And and give each of you, I don't know, 90 seconds, three minutes to state your respective cases and then let the fans do that. I'm, I'm down for that. Let's get through the Super Bowl and then we'll do that. We'll put them all together. We'll get uh, we'll get the necktie up. We'll get black tie. We'll get uh, my tie. Wilk tie. The whole tie. Wilk tie. Don't forget Wilk tie. Yeah, no, he doesn't. But what, like. What's the downside if Black Tie is wounded? What is he going to show? No interest in the show then? <laughs> right. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. So, uh, Handsome, like I say, we were talking about these games, and we left off talking Patriots legacy, and surprise, surprise, somehow it devolved or, or went off in a tangent where I was making the case that the Steelers are the greatest dynasty of all you time, were talk- the Steelers uh, of the 70s. Now, you were talking about that in the instant debate on NFL.com where we were talking about this. I didn't mention the Steelers because somebody who's usually a commentator on those instant debates is a huge Steelers fan, so I didn't want to steal his thunder. But then he didn't show up. He didn't He didn't offer an opinion. Well, that's because I was working on a little something called the Shame Report, which is uh, available, I believe, for you or will be very shortly here. So look for that at NFL.com. I think it's a, a, and you a loathed, peach. And you loathe distractions, so you were just – Singled in. Oh, that's my way. Focus. That's that's Dave. <laughs> that's that, that's my way. That's that's how you have to be. We saw that from a lot of NFL football players on Sunday, and I don't mind him honestly saying. I think I give you the template. I give everybody my my colleagues mm-hmm. the template of, of single minded focus and what one can achieve. Yeah, I know Russell Wilson. Like he's, he credits you a lot with, <laughs> with his single minded focus through his rookie season. Handsome. Yes. We were talking about the legacy of the Belichick Brady Patriots. I floated this online um, two weeks ago, and I floated it again after the Ravens game. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, since their last Super Bowl victory, four and seven against teams that they played at least once in the regular season. So right. when they play that team again in the postseason, four and seven, that's bad. That's downright poor. And isn't that an indictment? Of Bill Belichick, who is considered to be a genius, if he's a genius, getting a second look at a team should be uh, should should make him. Uh, I should be able to solve you now. I now you've given me tape on you. Now I'm really going to take it to you. Right. But in fact, the opposite is happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it is. Look, we all know how the NFL schedule is made. The, the Patriots have been on top of the AFC East every year for you know as far back as as most of us can can remember. With the with the I think probably a couple of um, of years that they didn't win it, which means that they're playing the number one ranked team across their conference as well. You know, the number one team in the North, the South, and the West, um, which means that they're they're playing good teams fair, twice a year, a and they're probably going to meet them in the playoffs again. So I don't think it's that is the that's the indictment that is necessarily needed. Plus, you know, as you went through and I, you mentioned the instant debate yesterday, and I was looking through it. Look, though the their 
dynasty, I'm going to call it, although I would say dynasty, um, is is not as impressive as the Steelers, the 70s, the Cowboys, the 90s, the 49s, the 80s. Do you agree that it ends at I, I think five? It's, I, it's, yes. I mean, the, the idea that we continue to talk about it in terms of dynasty is a little I, silly. I totally agree. I don't think that they are the dynasty now. But then if you look from five to, to 12, what they've done, they've been to two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. They've won, I should think, six um, division titles through that time. It's hard to argue that they aren't the best team, the most consistently good team. Maybe through those years, uh, not a dynasty because they need they haven't won sure, Super Bowls, right? But but it, I think at the moment it's like, and you know we um, we do it, and I'm I'm happy to participate. But we're all like, Bill Belichick's terrible because he didn't make a super, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. Well, he's made Super Bowls, he's made conference championship games, which where you compare them to other teams that have replaced their coaches multiple times, can't get more than a single winning season in a row, all those kind of things. It's a pretty impressive feat. Absolutely. But I think overrated, and uh, uh, relatively speaking, when you say overrated, if if you're a Patriots fan, that will hit your ear wrong. You'll think I'm insulting him. But it's overstated when people talk about Michael Irvin a year ago said they should change the Lombardi Trophy to the Belichick Trophy. Well, that would be an ironic choice now for a guy who hasn't yes. won a Super Bowl no doubt. in eight years, and he is being outwitted on some level. and. And even if it's not in the X's and O's in the preparation for a game, you might excuse it and say, listen, they just don't have the pieces. It's not fair to say that Brady was outplayed by Flacco. Look at the defense that uh, Flacco's going up against with the Patriots. Yeah, well, whose fault is that? Right. Bill Belichick is the architect, and his specialty is supposedly defense. So it's a little bit overstated. Yes, he has achieved something special there, which is putting a team out on the field perennially in January. I also think, though, he isn't in the greatest division. He, that that has broken right for that team. Mm-hmm. And you could say the same thing about Baltimore and Pittsburgh seem to both make the playoffs <laughs> most years. The Colts They've, always made the playoffs until Peyton Manning goes down. But they were playing Cincinnati and Cleveland for a lot of years, too. So right. if you want to talk about divisions, it's not like well, the but there's a legitimate adversary going up against you each and every year. I, and I, think there's, I think there's been one pretty much every year. It hasn't been consistently, you know, Baltimore-Pittsburgh, but there's always been one other okay team in the AFC East. All right, fine. The but, the, but, but the point is the, the Packers make the playoffs just about every year now. I mean, there, there right. are a lot of teams that are in that mix that you wouldn't say well, the, the Patriots have done something no one else. Well, a lot of teams are doing Not a lot, but, but, not, it, but it, not, it, there, not through that stretch. There are a lot of familiar faces in the playoffs for all the parody talk it does does seem like almost every year that two-thirds of the teams that make the postseason are the same ones that made it the previous right. season. Well, it's the faces you see in the Super Bowl. No, that's... Quarterbacking the, the team, you know, it's been Brady or Roethlisberger or Manning, I think, you know, in the AFC consistently for, for such a long time. Yeah, you're right. And if you look at it, there's a lot of, I mean, the NFL with the free agency and everything, there's so much parity now. When you look at Bill Belichick, if you go back to 2001, the worst season he's had since 2001 is when the Patriots went 9-7 and seven in 2002. Every other season, he's won double-digit right. games. Well, that leads me nicely into my next question. It, however we want to define it, dynasty, best team of the 21st century, whatever, who deserves more credit, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? I start with you, Rank. i got to go Belichick. Belichick over Brady when Belichick hasn't had a really, really great defense in six or seven years now. But he's the head and coach. His, and he's a defensive specialist, understand. That's his That's his background. That's where That's where uh, he earned his stripes, as they say. Yeah, but he's still the architect of the team, so to speak. You look at it, he's got no coaching tree. 
These guys leave. Charlie Weiss goes off. He does nothing. Romeo Cronell's mm-hmm. failed in two jobs. Scott Pioli hasn't really built a winner in Kansas City. I would also turn that around, though, and say that that's an indictment of Belichick. All the great coaches have coaching trees with the exception of Belichick. So he's doing it on his own. Josh McDaniel's another guy who failed. So he's doing it on his own, and he's made his team Maybe consistent. to his detriment, though. Maybe to his detriment. Maybe if he were grooming coaches and enabling them, maybe that would be the difference in well, January. Was, who was Jimmy Johnson's coaching tree? All right, that's that's a good that's a fine one to throw out. Fair enough, but that team was pretty loaded though too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. They won with Barry Switzer, so maybe so Jimmy Johnson. They won in was the right man. No, I'm not saying that, but he was the right man for that situation, and they were able to continue winning. And they and they did happen to the Herschel Walker deal he, was was the paradigm shift from go you know for, for that team, obviously. Right, but he still built that team, and we talked about this on a previous podcast. And if you looked at some of the players that he picked when he was with the Dolphins, guys like Zach Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Taylor and guys like that, those guys would have been Cowboys players if he had stuck with his original 10-year contract, and that dynasty would have kept going. Handsome, you, same question to you. Brady or Belichick, who deserves more credit? I think, I think I'd have to agree with Adam on this one and say that Belichick. I don't, there's only so much that Tom Brady can affect as far as um, building that team goes. Now, look, I'm not saying that Tom Brady didn't win games that they might have otherwise lost had he not been the quarterback. But I don't think that they'd have been in position. You know, it's 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 all the other stuff. It's the it's the preparation. It's the planning. It's the design of teams and and all that kind of thing that that of course Belichick had. And you look at how you know if we're going back to two thousand one, you look at the number of times he sort of changed the focus of that team from you know the sort of early days of of Brady's career where they they wanted to be a running team they you know it was Corey Dillon was in there they had they mm-hmm. had running backs well, then, that's they, why then I, they went I, to the pass happy Tom Brady throwing balls all over the place with Randy Moss there and they've changed again now they're, they I thought that's why I thought 2012 was going to be different because I thought they could spin the clock some with those running backs and it had absolutely nothing to do with what we saw on Sunday against Baltimore and I remind you that Ray Lewis and the story and Ed Reed and everything else, but that defense is mediocre. That that Ravens defense is not a great defense. They didn't score in the second half. And like I say in the shame report, deja vu, a lot of images. I mean, specifically, there's some uh, some iconic images from last year's Super Bowl, namely Tom Brady slumped over on the field after he threw that pick mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. We saw that again on Sunday. And Wes Welker dropping big passes. So there, the, so, so there are these recurring um, events for this team. Who do you? The biggest, the, the biggest argument though for Belichick in this, in this, in this case, Matt Castle's year. I, I knew when you, I saw you jotting something down that that's what you were, that what you were writing. But that team was loaded. Yeah, in general, you're right about that. All right, so who do you feel better about in 2013? The Atlanta Falcons or the New England Patriots? We, I, I, I'm not going to say let's close the book on this Patriots team. Um, I, uh, clearly, though, eight years after their last Super Bowl, the window must be. I mean, Tom Brady is 35 years old. Right. And Atlanta, though, Gonzalez is gone. Tony Gonzalez, in all likelihood, has played his last game. John Abraham, their best pass rusher, in, uh, I think you would probably say, he's old. The defense in general so so, and the NFC South is on the rise collectively. I think the Saints are due for a big bounce back with Sean Payton now. Sean Payton reinstated, as you know. So that team's you, you got to figure they're going to bounce back big. The Panthers are on the rise, and the Buccaneers look pretty good for for at least a little stretch there. Handsome Hank, 
who's in better shape to get back to at least a top two seed or or win it win their division next year. Um, I think the Patriots are. I think they're better set up. And I think um, it's got to the stage of his career where with Tom Brady, age 35, so probably 36 by the t- by the time um, next season rolls around, uh, I think it's got to the stage where he, if he if he wants to win a Super Bowl, the, the, his laser focus maybe he'll he'll take a page out of your book. Um, his laser focus is going to be I, you know, time is running out. There isn't a lot of time to do this anymore. And you'd think Gronkowski really hasn't been healthy for a lot of this season, and he may be one of the biggest mm-hmm. weapons there. I would be very surprised personally if Wes Welker's back on that. Especially team next after year. what his wife did. No matter whether right. you agree with yeah, her, yeah. I mean, and you know, it's it's something that is has emerged. The pendulum we talked about it over the last couple of weeks with this Ray Lewis story. The, you know, the 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 continuation of his career week to week. We keep thinking this is his last game, and and uh, lo and behold, they win and they advance. But it's very taboo, especially here in the West Coast Nerve Center at the NFL. To, to mention anything with Ray Lewis and with his sordid past or, the, or, or all his mess at the beginning of his career. His, but Wes Welker's wife going online and talking about that was what probably puts the final nail right. on the coffin but, well, for well, Wes the, Welker's career with the Patriots, right? right? The drops don't help. You remember the, the sure. whole Rex Ryan, the uh, the not-so-subtle um, foot references yep, that he made course. in that press conference. I, the, you I, know what my first thought was, as a matter of fact, when I saw the comments from the wife? Oh, they, they, that's why they like each other. They like to get yeah, sassy. Yeah. They like they <laughs> exactly. like being smart, Alex, and they, they probably have fun talking to each other. Exactly, and Belichick's proven, and this goes back to your last question, Belichick's proven he can plug people into positions and get more out of them. You look at the other receivers that have paraded through there um, mm-hmm. through the years with Brady and with the exception of Randy Moss there's there's no big names there you you can plug in another guy in that position you could probably get Woodhead to put you know with a with an off season of working him into that spot I think you could probably get um or Edelman you can get people to to fill that position so I don't think um Welker will be back but I do think that the Patriots win the AFC East again next year partly because that's a division Let in me- flux in a big way and they've, they've got a, you know, we can assume that they've got home field advantage next year. In the I like right your, uh, I, listen, I do like, I'm not saying it because uh, you're in here. I do like that Dolphins team next year. Let's assume that between now and the start of next season, they can add a legitimate weapon there. Mike Wallace. What? A, you know what? Maybe Mike Wallace. I mean, the Steelers are not going to pay him what he wants. And there's definitely going to be at least one team out there that's going to give him the loot. People like to say the argument people like to talk themselves into for those Steelers fans who would like to see Mike Wallace back are saying, are, well, he played himself out of a top uh, a top level contract. No, he didn't. There will definitely be a team There'll that can team rationalize team. it and say right. the situation was right. We'll, we'll take him and he'll get back on yeah. track and maybe they'll be right. If they do that, yeah, they're going to be uh, they'll be okay. They're going to be good. But let's expand it. Rank okay. not just Falcons and Patriots. How about include the Ravens and Forty um, ers of that four teams? The final four of twenty twelve. Who do you feel like is in the best position and then the worst position for next season? For next year, I. The Patriots are still in a great position. We still need to see these teams like the Dolphins, the Bills. They have the potential to step up, but we really need to see it. And when you look at the number, I mean, we're talking about a team that was in the Super Bowl two years ago, made the AFC Championship game the following year, and we're talking about is it over for them? I still contend that if Tlaib hadn't gotten injured, the Patriots probably would have hung on to win that game. That's a great point. He made a huge – once he went off the field, you're like, you know what, this defense looks a lot different. I don't know why, you know, Belichick didn't find a receiver to go out and play defensive back like he liked to do with Vincent Brown. But it was one of those – it was just just a a bad circumstance. And I look at this team. They're going to be loaded. 
Belichick always seems to be able to find guys on offense to plug in. Wes Welker's gone. He'll find somebody. Gronkowski coming back will make a huge impact. And they've got a lot of young pieces on defense. And I thought Tlaib really brought them together. They ranked ninth in mm-hmm. points allowed this year. Like, they give up a lot of yards. They weren't giving up a lot of points. So I feel that they could be back. They'll be a team that could be a top-two seed next year. The team I would feel the worst about is the Falcons. We talked about them earlier mm-hmm. where I felt that Matt Ryan made some strides. Sure, he made some bad plays in the second half. But Mike Smith is really – you look at a coach – of a good team who you just feel is not going to take his team to the next level, Mike Smith is it. Well, I also mentioned, you know, among the, the final four this year, talking to, talking to our pal Cullen there, I said that I think that the Ravens, I think maybe the Bengals by next year are the favorite, although Flacco wins a Super Bowl, and even if he doesn't, as long as he doesn't implode, you would think that there are going to be a lot of people high on that Ravens team, but they definitely – are that transition will continue away from being a defense dominant, a defensively dominant team into riding Ray Rice and Joe Flacco. Not bad as Torrey Smith continues to ascend. Um, so, and then I'm inclined to think the Niners. Well, they're they're nothing's going there. They have that great offensive line, pass catchers. Uh, you know, with Michael Crabtree and Vernon Davis looking good. Frank Gore is older, but so what? They Michael James looks good, and they have enough guys in that backfield to and Kaepernick dynamite. Um, but of course, there's the Seahawks and the Rams are going to be. I think are going to be good in 2013. So yeah, I guess it probably is the Patriots. Much to my chagrin, I want to be done with it. I want to <laughs> move on from this story. Um, what about though, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning? Something we've talked about since we started this podcast a year and a half or so ago. Like anybody else who talks about pro football, we've spent an inordinate m- amount of time talking about the position of quarterback. And now though. What does it all amount to? Are, are, are the assumptions that, we, that we've made, everybody, you have to have a great QB to win the Super Bowl. We came, uh, you know, we're a year removed from coming within Kyle Williams' knee and Lee Evans' hands from having Joe Flacco versus Alex Smith. Now you have Joe Flacco versus a guy who's barely ever played a game in the NFL, great and phenomenal, though uh, Colin Kaepernick is. What do we make of this? Does it make a difference that Aaron Rodgers, I mean, uh, the, the, the so-called elite, and I hate that adjective when it applies to QBs because it is meaningless, and yet people treat it as though it's hard and fast rules of how you get into that. But either way, Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, the two Mannings, Roethlisberger, maybe people like to debate him in, in that group. But obviously that's not a key to get into a Super Bowl, right, Handsome? Uh, well, th- I, I don't think you could say there's any single position that's the key to getting to Super Well, but we have said it for a year and yeah, a half. Yeah, but, we, but, we, but that's because we people like to simplify it to, they've got a great quarterback, they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm, what I'm interested in, and we want to look out for next week on NFL.com, we're actually going to go dig into the stats of what is, and I don't like the word either, but you say it's meaningless. We're trying to give some meaning to elite. What actually, mm-hmm. how do you define an elite quarterback? And we're going to look through... Some of the guys that we assume are elite, the, the, the names that you just mentioned, dig into their stats over the last five years and see if there's a correlation between anything that they're doing that would say these guys are elite. And Flacco this year was the guy who said, I'm elite like Eli did the year before. And now Eli won a Super Bowl, Flacco's in a Super Bowl. So it would be interesting to have a look and see how do you define an elite quarterback? Well, that's what Rank and I have both said <laughs> is is that clearly – what Mark Sanchez and Kevin Cobb and Tony Romo, what are you guys waiting for? 
Eli says, hey, I'm elite, and then goes and wins the Super Bowl. Flacco says, yeah, I'm the best quarterback in the game. Now he's in the Super Bowl. Start flapping your gums. <laughs> I'm number one. I'm not. That's what you need to do, apparently. That's the the formula for success among uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. Certainly is. But I, I will say this, though. Quarterback is the most important position still. Even if you look at the playoffs now, the guys that we would consider elite, sometimes you have to – to break away from their fantasy production or something like that where these guys are just putting up great stats and putting up 300 games in regular season and, you know, all the big numbers and everything. But if you look at the games, Colin Kaepernick has just outplayed every quarterback that he's gone up against. Joe Flacco has outplayed every quarterback that he's come up against. And it's not a matter of, you know, is the quarterback – important or not it's who's playing the best i guess that's what i'm getting at are the assumptions we make about who is i think that's what it comes down to is who who we define as the best doesn't agree with the results and we have to figure out how to determine that because what is what is the link between even that final four now that we just watched last weekend what is it that what are the keys to success for those teams it's definitely not a similarity in the QB well, position. I mean, I mean that's why the, Flacco that's why, but, has the big arm, but is inaccurate. Tom Brady is like a machine as long as you have a good offensive line in front of him. Colin Kaepernick is dynamite, like something you've never seen before with the speed and the big arm and everything else. There's nothing in common with those guys. Well, the, the thing they had in common last weekend and kind of through the last month is that Kaepernick and Flacco were the two players who were playing the best. Tom Brady did not have a good, you know, they they won their game the previous week, but he hadn't he hasn't had a good month. He's not been on fire. You know, if you're taking Jim Harbaugh's point, the the hot, the two hottest hands through the through January have mm-hmm. been Flacco and Kaepernick, and those are the two guys who are meeting in the Super Bowl. All right, fair enough. All right, let's uh, let's shift over to to uh, something else. I wanted to ask you about. Oh, quickly, let's set it up with uh, you guys. Rank and I. I feel like uh, I'll say something else immodest. Rank and I and Black Tie jumped in here for a uh, an emergency podcast last week when the, the Manti Teo story broke. We wanted to yap about that and Chip Kelly getting the Eagles job. I encourage you, nay, demand that you go back and listen to it. That was episode one twenty three, was it not, Rank? Seems yeah, accurate. I think that was 123. So real quick, a second, or I should say a third appearance on this podcast by our one-man house band, Dick Banks. Sing a little song for us, would you? Tell, tell, your dead fake girlfriend is on the phone. Call my Irish football man, let's be creepy pen pals. Tail's fake girlfriend is on the phone. She's not really dead and she's really a man. Tail's fake girlfriend is on the phone. Hmm, that seemed vaguely reminiscent of another. Either way, good stuff out of Dick Banks. Excellent work, in fact. Now, this is the question I have for you. Now, brass tacks. I don't want to go over Manti Teo. Everybody is is tired of this subject. But let's just look at it now. We'll ask Daniel Jeremiah that, our pal uh, at Move the Sticks. But Adam Rank, Mm -hmm. would you take Manti Teo? Where would you take him if you're an NFL GM? I didn't like what I saw out of him in the national championship game, the BCS championship game. When you put him up against potential and future Hall of Famers, or excuse me, potential and future NFL players, he looked average. He looked like a third-round 
fourth round guy. I don't know. I he's got a big name. He played well in college against teams like Michigan State, Michigan, Pittsburgh, or whatever. When you put him against SEC players, well, those aren't junk teams. You just named save Pittsburgh, of course. Those yeah. are. I mean, those are Big Ten football teams Man. with big, beefy offensive linemen going to get them who don't play. At, Football the way it's going to be played in the NFL with the speed factor and everything. I, I just don't see it. I don't. I mean, if somebody falls in love with the name and everything like that, perhaps second but. round. Manti Teo is sitting there. You have a need at linebacker. You would 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 you take him? So none of the none of the the character stuff because as uh, Adam Carolla likes to talk about. You're uh, in life. You're a liar, or stupid in a lot of cases. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that, and that's what this Teo thing seems to come down to. On one hand, he's sinister on some level, even if he didn't plan it. At some point, decides I'm going to ride this thing because it's good for me on some level. Um, or he was completely duped, in which case he has the intellectual and emotional capacity of a of an 11 year old boy. Mm-hmm. So which do you want? Neither one is a good thing. Hey, yeah, we need to solve this pistol. You have to pick up on the deception that the QB's running at you here. Oh, yeah, you're the guy who got duped for three years? That's not good. Nor is a guy who's mean-spirited. I don't even know which is the better scenario for the guy. Handsome Hank, how say you? What, what, would I draft him? Would you draft him? I I, um, I haven't seen enough of him to, to make that determination, and I'm not going to pretend I'm Mike Mayock and I'm going to go and off and, and watch a bunch of tape on him. But what I would say is that... Let's say he grades as a top, right. uh, as a first round. But uh, Physically, he's a first round. Let, let's assume that that's the case, because he's still projected before all this to it. be 15 to 20. Yeah, I, I got it. But you look at some of the inside linebackers that have been sort of propelled out of college and we've all got excited about over the, just over the last few years. I think the biggest name I can remember is Rolando McClain from Alabama, and everyone was mm-hmm. really excited about him as the next Ray Lewis type. And, of course, they don't, they don't necessarily work out that way. I think there's much more to it than just uh this mental his mental makeup but i i wouldn't take that risk on him right now i'd want to know exactly what the story was blue tie i'm throwing it to you behind the glass manti teo you're a usc wonk your arch rival <laughs> the notre dame fighting irish you almost had manti teo wearing your trojan colors there would you now as an nfl gm would you like to have manti teo you know that's an interesting question. I think he is a hard worker. I think he would be very coachable. Um, I don't necessarily think that he is a natural, say, Ray Lewis that's just going to come in and, and just dominate the position. But I think there's something to be said for a coachable, well-liked guy. I don't get the sense that he's terribly well-liked. Why else would his teammates then speak out against him and say, oh, yeah, he's faking. Oh, they, we, we knew that there was something weird going on here. He doesn't seem beloved by by uh, the, the other guys on the team or at least a percentage of them. And I'll say this. I don't think he's Tim Tebow. I think Tim Tebow is sly about – I don't want the attention. It's not about me, but obviously Tim Tebow does like the spotlight yeah. a little bit. I don't think Teo is that. But I would say to any NFL team thinking about taking Teo, do you want that circus? Because that's what you're bringing in. 
Okay. Do you think Tao okay. can go? Do you think Tao's going to show up and just be another rookie? There's no chance. He's not going to. If you take him, I don't care if he's in the first round or in the fourth round. There is going to be a circus around bringing him into your training camp. I wouldn't do that. I would look at what the uh, like I say. I would look at what happened to the Jets last year. Look how unsatisfied. Clearly, they tried to say the right things, but you could see it. It's I, this isn't 2020 hindsight. You could feel it in August. Oh, these Jets players, at least some of them, don't like this. This is bad. This is a distraction for us. And that didn't go well for them. Why would you possibly do it with this guy? I find it very unfortunate that there are many players that go into the combine, that go into the draft, that have so much baggage and so many bad things that they've done and things that have happened to them, and and we just shy over those. I agree. Listen, I, I, if I'm trying to be glass half full for the future of Teo, there are plenty of examples from Mike Vick and Ray Lewis and Pac-Man Jones and so on and so on and so on. T.O., and, and I'm not putting them all in the same group. I know they've all done different levels of things. Jay, they've gotten attention for what, are perceived to be negative uh, reasons, character issues, felonies, so on. The, but the point is, you can't. Yes, you can overcome those things. the The real problem is how much attention is going to be paid to it by the media. And if they're all following him around, how are you going to shut that down? That's just an unnecessary distraction, especially with, like you say, now let's bring in the fact that you say, Rank, I don't know if he's that good. Now, if, if, if there's any doubt, then you definitely can't take him. You know, if it, But he did project to be a first-round pick. I, I, I just can't see wanting to do that unless you get him for a song in the fourth round. But even then, it's going to be a distraction, Handsome. But there are... There are um you know, if you make that Tebow connection, Tebow was, you know, they had a press conference for a guy who, was, who they said was only ever going to be a backup quarterback. They did all those things. I don't think Teo, if he's a fourth-round draft pick or a second-round draft pick, it, he's not going to be in a position because he's not a quarterback. He's going to be a rookie. He won't be a, necessarily a first-round rookie. That he's not going to be in a position to, to get all that attention. They, the, the press can follow him around all they want to, but it doesn't mean they're going to get anything out of him. I guess so, yeah. And uh, but and for the record, I will just say this: I thought it was pretty specious, is I guess a word I'll throw out for the, this whole thing of this guy. He's, a, he's just a twenty-one-year-old kid. Poor guy. Look at what's happening to him. What was with the the uh, secretive meeting off the record? I mean, not I mean, not 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 recorded anywhere. I thought I thought that was a little strange. But that to me, and now points. and I've, all this stuff about like, hey, I can't. Believe the media to a, a week a, a week plus ago, the media's reaction to it was, I can't believe no one ever fact checked this, or I can't believe that he could get away with this. No one ever found out about this, and now. Jeremy Schapp sits down with him for two hours, and Jeremy Schapp said, I found him very believable, and it would appear about 95% of us are kind of like, oh, all right, well, then uh, Jeremy Schapp says it's cool. So. Oh, all we don't right. need to fact check that. No, that that's, that's the end of that story. I that, guess that, was, that was the problem in the first place. Yes, it seemed exactly. believable. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I mean, I think all of that points to the fact that he maybe he is emotionally kind of I – mean, he'd have been on the record, and he'd have, been, he'd have done a, a, a TV interview if it wasn't for the fact that I think he probably is just a little bit – Naive, emotionally on, naive. Maybe exactly. it's naive on. Maybe he's naive in a lot of ways. I have to say, handsome, you're naive if you think that that that, that Manti Teo can go into the NFL without ever having to sit down on camera. And- of course, he's going to have to, but he only has to do it once. Like once, once he's said his bit, 
and then it's fact-checked. He's not going to have to do that every... I it's mean, not going to be a question that comes up every week during his career. It's like, hey, Manti, any, any more thoughts on your fake girlfriend? I know, but young, listen, youngsters won't get the reference. But Dwayne Thomas of the Cowboys... You know, 30 years or so ago, more than 30 years ago, with uh, with the Cowboys that won Super Bowl six, refused to talk to the media and was able to isolate himself. I don't think you can get away you with can't that now. That these days, no. no. He's going to have to, and it's not going to be once. He's going to have to deal with questions. He can keep saying, I'm not going to talk about those things, but he's going to get hammered. No, right. well, that's and then I'm his saying. teammates are going to get hammered. What do you think about having Teo in here? If any team What's... is smart, if they do draft him, they sit him down one time with a local media or national media or whoever it needs to be. They, You say, hey, Manta, you're going to have to answer this now. Let's get it out the way. Get your story straight. Let's make sure that we fact-checked all the facts. And then, then you can get past it because you can say, we've done this. Doesn't it seem like the Ravens would be able to bring him in with the organization that they run? Be the one that c- could kind of insulate him a little bit. It's an interesting idea, and have uh, and have uh, Ray play Sherpa, be the consultant. I'm sure he'll stay in the organization in some capacity, unless he's living in Miami, which I think he might do. But still, yeah, maybe maybe that would be an interesting connection. That would be a great story in Baltimore. But the, the the city of Baltimore would eat that one up, the passing of the torch and all that sort of stuff. Um, all right, couple real quick, Blue Tie, and then we'll wrap it up here. What do you all think of this? I was think I don't know. Oh, because I was shaving my face, as you can see. I'm clean shaven. Usually What's I have the- some scruff. Mm-hmm. I just I, it was driving me crazy. It was starting to itch me a little bit, and so I so I just I, sometimes I like to take the shears and psh, clean, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that, and then I was thinking, if I were a starting QB in the Super Bowl, would I shave the morning of? I decided no, I would not. Even though you're supposed to, it's like your wedding day, right? I mean, it's bigger. You're going to be watched by mm. way more people. So do you want to be clean shaven, or do you or do you try to say something by being rugged yeah, looking? Yeah, you want to be m- more masculine. That would be my, that's my thought. And actually, when I, you know, as a, as a youth, when I played rugby, I would, purposely not shave maybe even for mm. two days beforehand because i wanted people to think that look at look at the amount of testosterone flowing through that guy's um veins i'd like to look at that because we can play that game of you know for instance snake stabler always had the fu manchu and or beard so it wasn't anything for him to to go into the super bowl in that but of the guys who typically are clean shaven did they play the game clean shaven or right. did they have it did they have four or five days growth going so it, you could never one. tell with eli whether he was yeah. clean shaven or not just because yeah. he doesn't grow a good yeah beard, some people it, just can't do it i'd some probably kids go keep... to elliot harrison on this one he's about the most masculine guy i know and i think <laughs> i think he might be able to give a pretty good answer on um rank i'll say you would you shave or no clean shaven clean shaven all of it you want to be clean you want to be smooth like a dolphin good. out there yep not a Miami Dolphin. No, no, no. Because they don't go to Super Bowls. Uh, mm. Or at least in the last 25 years. Hey, Blue Tie, how say you as a woman? I think you have to go with what has been working for you all season. Mm. Although I do not enjoy Colin Kaepernick's extra large soul patch. It's been working for him, and he's been winning, so I just don't think you change it up. All right, listen. I don't mean – I hope you don't take this as uh, – um, you know, inappropriate since you're a woman, but who's the better looking quarterback? This is a game we like to play when Blue ties in here. Who's the better looking quarterback? So let's do the Super Bowl edition now. Colin Kaepernick or Joe Flacco? You know, I wouldn't say that either are on my radar, um, but I guess I'd have to go with Kaepernick. Kaepernick. So Flacco bl- kind of looks like he's asleep. 
What if you're going? What if, what if you're bringing Miss? Uh, you, you have to bring one home and say, "This is my new boyfriend, Mister and Mrs. Ty, Mom and Dad Ty. Uh, this is my new man. Who do you think would be more presentable?" Um, I'd have to go with Flacco on that Cause one because he, he he's he signs the tats. Yeah, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with tattoos, but it would be a little bit. Sounds like there's something wrong no, with him, the way you a, just said. No, not that. at all. I think I think that that would just be a a whoa kind of moment when mm-hmm. when Colin Kaepernick walks in and. How about if you threw Alex Smith in there? Would he? Would oh, he... Alex Smith. He he'd be at drinks with my parents at the end of the night. They'd love right. him. <laughs> he seems like a. I mean, he is. A, he's a charming man. Um. All right. Well, very good. We've covered. A fair amount of soil, I I feel like here. You're not going to ask us who the most attractive quarterback is? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Rank. I start with you. I say it's Flacco. Although he's only got a couple of years left because he's starting to get the widow's peak, the kind of Nick Cage look going there up top. So right now with those uh, those blue eyes. He likes the scruff, too. He doesn't go – he doesn't really shave it down. But I will, as as a swarthy man myself, I've noticed and felt for him. I I empathize with him. That beard of his or the scruff is crawling ever closer to his eyeball. It's just going higher and higher and higher up. It's quite disturbing what happens as you you get older. Cullen – our Cullen White won't have to deal with that for a long time, if ever. He's going to look like the dad from Teen Wolf at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Handsome. How about you? Uh, I I, I haven't given it much thought. Well, I just asked you the question. I don't know why you have to give us that caveat. I'll say say Kaepernick just to be different. Kaepernick. Yeah, he seems like – I mean, look, I'm not saying necessarily handsome, but the whole package, he seems like there's a bit of danger involved. (laughs) You know what I mean? Men love danger. Yeah, handsome has a taste for a man with ink. Yeah. That's what we learned. I don't think it's today. just the ink. I think it's the whole thing. Like he might set off running at any point. Mm-hmm. That's that, exciting. That, to you. That's exciting. He's to got me. a bad boy. Quality. Yeah, I'm gonna have to chase him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Great stuff from Cullen White today. We uh, we covered your Tahopa. No one was upset by uh, us talking about the Patriots maybe not being a dynasty. What's that uh, blue tie? Oh, I keep calling him Cullen White. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, gangbuster stuff from everybody involved on today's show, including Cullen Little, the 12-year-old uh, boy who shamed us, <laughs> emasculated uh, both Rank and I, or at least me, today. Good luck to his Ravens. Thanks to you, Handsome Hank. Thanks to the Around the League guys, Dan Hanzoos and Mark Sessler. Blue Tie, a pleasure to have you back behind the glass. We're doing another cast later in the week, right? Sure. Let's do it. Does I don't Blue need Tide your do phony sh- enthusiasm. Does Blue Tide do shout-outs? Oh, that's what – you know what? I want you to – between now and the next podcast, Black Tie likes to do shout-outs. You have to come up with a shout-out of your own. And don't forget, everybody, follow her on Twitter. Her her Twitter handle or whatever explodes when, when uh, she does the show. What is it? At Claire Atkins, right? At Claire underscore Atkins. Underscore Atkins. A-T-K-I-N-S. Let's see how many followers we can get for Blue Tie. It'll be interesting to see because we've gone very long in this podcast. Well, it'll it'll be a telling representation of how many people stick with us to the to the bitter end there. And thanks to uh, Adam Rank. What do you got to promote there, fella? Pick six, uh, the six people you meet at your uh, Super Bowl party. And then NFL.com slash fan pass for next week when we go out to New Orleans. 
Of course, we will be there with Matt Money Smith and Jamie Maggio doing the NFL.com live oh, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, Friday. But all during the week, we'll be there for uh, NFL.com slash Fan Pass, and you can kind of get a behind-scenes look, behind-the-scenes look at what's going on in New Orleans. How about that? In one week from now, we'll be in NOLA. Mm-hmm. Fellas, we're going to eat some grilled oysters. We're going we're gonna to drink some... Uh, um, what's the beer I love down there? They have, well, that Bud Light, Light, a, a beta, no, a beta Turbo Dog is where it's at. A beta Turbo Dog. You ever have that stuff? Oh, no. it's great. They have it on draft there. Oh, the food is going to be the greatest. I intend to gain forty-seven pounds in a week. I'm going to do it. Forty-seven pounds for Super Bowl forty-seven, and I really think if I set my mind to it, I can do it. All right, listen, we'll be back, like I say, later in the week, and in the meantime. Thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, You're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit Hellman's.com. 